Hello and welcome back to another episode of the People's Wrestling Podcast. I'm uh, joined by just Ali this week. There's no Matt. He's got uh, got other plans, but we're 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 one... yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's he's away on uh, on on other duties. Um, but just because we're a man down doesn't mean that we're we're going to be any less exciting and provide you with any less quality content. Show us a why. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, we'll just have to boost the energy levels a bit. Um, Ali, how's your week been? Well, I say week. It's been, what, four or five days since our last one? How's it been? Um, pretty average. There's still not a lot you can do, despite the um, the announcement from good old Bojo yesterday. Uh, I was going to say, how are, we, how are we feeling about uh, for, for those of you who maybe aren't listening in, in the, U- the UK? Uh, We've had our announcement of our, our, our path out of lockdown for 2021, our roadmap, as they call it. How, how are you feeling about it? Uh, I'm treating it with cautious optimism, like I think most people will do, hopefully. Um, mm-hmm. the, uh, was it the June 21st date that they've planned about? June, June 21st being the date that they basically say everything's over. <laughs> no restrictions. Yeah. Back to normal. No more COVID. Um, I think... I can appreciate that people need a target and a bit of hope. And I appreciate that. And I agree. Um, I just think when it slips to the 28th and then onwards into July and then onwards into mid-July, I just think people need to brace themselves for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I think life as as Tottenham fans helps you prepare for or oh, just – the, um, assume the worst is going to happen and anything better than the worst is a pleasant surprise um, which is my general kind of life motto but, uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I'm pleasantly think... surprised if, if anything happens on plan to schedule so you know yeah and especially <laughs> in your field of work as a project coordinator dates I, and plans I am not a project coordinator <laughs> okay well, whatever whatever you are um but, but yeah, dates, plans, I think, always uh, going to help. But um, I'm going to use our platform here as a, as a super mega popular podcast to say super people of Britain, mega. super mega, uh, people of Britain, don't fuck this up. <laughs> We've only got a few more months left. So just fucking don't go overboard, all right? And then yeah. we'll, be, we'll be all right. Um, so... Yeah, there's, there was an announcement yesterday regarding lockdown in 2021. There was also the day before, the pay-per-view, which I completely forgot about. Yeah, completely, yeah. Unrelated. Um, which I completely forgot about until I woke up on um, Monday morning, did my my rounds of the social medias before getting out of bed and saw the Miz holding the WWE title. <laughs> As literally the first post. Oh no! Oh I, no! Almost every month, without fail, I, uh, this happens to me. Um, it's always like the most important thing that happened in the show is the first post. Um, well, that makes sense. Typically, if I'm if I'm scrolling down and I'll see maybe I don't know a result of a mid card, I'll be like, oh shit, I forgot. So I'll I'll put the put the social media away until I watch it. But yeah, I happen again. Um, <laughs> I feel like it happens more often than not. So, um, well, to be fair, I usually remember when there's when there's a pay per view, but I completely forgot. So, uh, yeah. What did you to start with? What did you make of the pay per view as a whole before we get into some of the detail? Um, so, kind of the exact opposite 
of your experience, this was the first pay-per-view in a long time that I've actually watched without knowing any of the results. Um, so generally, I, I make the same mistake as you. It's all good um, when that happens, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, I make... I make the same mistake as you of loading up my social media, even if I remember that there was a pay-per-view on the night before. Um, I still It's just a habit thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just a habit. And, and as you say, it's often the most important thing on the show that pops up first. Generally, I will see something that maybe a picture or a clip or just a tweet that you know does give away stuff, but leaves a little bit of room for ambiguity in my mind. And then when I watch it, I'm like, no, no, it's just exactly what happened. Um, but at this time, I actually, I, I woke up and at uh, eight in the morning, I put it on my phone as I was working. Don't tell my boss. Um, I have the boss, actually. I don't care a shit. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, and I, I just watched it all the way through. Um, in terms of the, so what I would just add to that is that I think that is, something that boosts my enjoyment of the show. Just oh, yeah. that sense of unpredictability. Um, having said that, in terms of predictability, I think it pretty much went how I would expect, um, you know, with essentially Drew winning the Chamber match itself, I expected. I couldn't, I, tell, I wouldn't have envisaged Bobby Lashley being the one to help Miz win. But I, I think a Miz Cashin was was on the cards. So he even announced it, so you can't really say it wasn't. Yeah. Um, Especially when they tell her off the thing of him chatting with MVP a couple minutes yeah. beforehand as well. It just made you think. And the whole lifting of the chamber after Drew's match, you think, when have they ever done this? Yeah, I mean, they did do it in the match, in, in the previous chamber match in the night, but that's only because Roman was coming out as well. So it, you know, it sort of tells you. That was that sort of thing was going to happen. At least something was going to happen. I didn't know. So the unpredictability bit comes in where I didn't know whether this win, this match would successfully cash in, and I guess that's where it became slightly unpredictable. I may have suggested that maybe Drew, you know, works something out and recovers, or maybe Sheamus gets in it, interferes and says, "I want Drew for the title at WrestleMania," so you know, costs them is or something, or whether it's just mm-hmm. fucks up. Um, so, you know, there was an element of unpredictability with it there, but I think in general the show was fairly predictable, but I think it was still pretty solid. I mean, we'll get into probably ratings at the end, but uh, uh, fairly good. Yeah, I think um, the Drew McIntyre potentially, or the the, the, the cash-in potentially being unsuccessful, I think um, probably it could have or maybe even would have happened if it wasn't for the Lashley beatdown part. Um, yeah. But with that happening, I thought oh, if, if Miz doesn't win this, well, I don't oh, know yeah, who's going to win sure. it, but if, if they were to have made him lose it in that manner, I would have definitely think, oh, the, like, they, they haven't really treated the Miz the best with the briefcase anyway. He seemed a bit of an afterthought and a joke. Um, well, he didn't even as, win it originally, did he? So. Yeah, well, as did Otis before. Um, so, yeah, I thought the, he, he has to win this. Um, otherwise, yeah, it would basically just be the end of the money in the bank because like, it seems that barely anyone ever wins a title with it these days. So, um, yeah. but yeah, um, on, along the lines of what you were saying earlier about um, maybe um, sometimes seeing a post that maybe could leave some ambiguity about it. Um, this morning, I, 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 I bet I, you saw I, the same post as I did. Lashley holding the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
I was just scroll, I scroll past I don't know someone posting a picture of their dog or whatever, and then I see Lashley holding the title. I'm like, huh? <laughs> I was like, for fuck's sake, how has this happened two days in a row? And then I read the caption, and then it was like something about like, can he win it next week or something? I was like, oh, fuck yeah. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I thought how like the two for two here is ridiculous. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, let's go into the show then. So neither of us watched the pre-show. Um, I think that we just discussed. Um, I I didn't know, and um, neither did you, and apart from at the time, that we were getting this fatal four-way qualifier match for the US Championship Triple Threat, uh, which was originally um, meant to be Matt Riddle, Bobby Lashley, and Keith Lee. Keith Lee in storyline is injured, but the kind of rumor mill is he's basically been sent back to the PC to go get better. Um, so is there any truth in the or was there any truth in the COVID rumors? I know that um Mia Yin was back on Raw this week though. Yeah, well she she tweeted out at the time confirming that, that she she got a positive test. Um so yeah, uh I think um yeah, it was around that time when, when he got when, when Keith Lee got taken out by Bobby Lashley. Um so yeah, I don't know whether he's still maybe in in his isolation period or whether he tested positive. But the rumors kind of before that and since have been that um, Vince in particular is still not sold on him yet and wants to be, but he, there's still things for him to work on. So send it back it, to the PC. But it's all just rumor at the moment. Yeah, I mean that would seem extremely harsh for them if that was the reason behind it for them to I, take I, him I out. I can't of think the match of, of another. Maybe just don't have him. That. Yeah, don't have him win it. I could get that. Yeah. I, I can't think of another instance of that happening where mm. a superstar who's been put onto the main roster and had some pretty high-profile matches, then just within a couple of months being sent back to the PC, it, it's a bit strange. And when, when you think when you think of if, if that was going to happen to anyone, why would that happen to, from a fan's perspective, why would that happen to Keith Lee and not? Nia Jax, because <laughs> I mean, she's needed that for years now. <laughs> uh, you get the old uh, Rocks family um, rumor coming out, then. That's yeah, why, well, she's, speak- uh, why she's protected. Speaking of the uh, of the Rock, are you gonna make any plans to to watch um, Young Rock? I think it's called the the series about his childhood. If you haven't already. I haven't already, no, but I definitely will be. It looks good, and by all accounts, people have said it's it's pretty good. Um, yeah, yeah, and I'm sure. I'm not sure how we access it. Shut up about it. Yeah, I mean, I've, yeah, I mean, I don't think it will be through legal means that I watch it. To be honest, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah most definitely. Um, yeah, from I've only really seen one review. I think on the first episode. I don't know whether there's been other ones come out or whether they're doing it weekly but um i've seen it's good but it also seems to within one episode bounces from young rock to teen rock to adult rock and it can get a bit timeline gets a bit confused but um yeah i'll i'll, I'll definitely seek it out at some point because i'm sure it could be quite um interesting it's, it's weird it looks like it's a scripted like interview thing um like he's being asked questions and then tell stories via that way. Whereas mm. I think from my perspective, I'd probably rather it be like just a narration thing. Like yeah. everybody hates Chris or, or um, that kind of um, show. Um, but yeah, anyway. Um, I think so, we can safely assume that Matt probably isn't going to watch it. 
Yeah, I think that's it. Maybe that could be a, an um, an episode idea. Make him watch it, and then provide feedback. We must be honest, um, or unbiased, rather. Uh, so yeah, we'll start with the um, United States Championship match then, because John Morrison won the the fatal four way on the kickoff show. Um, so yeah, I was confused personally when he came out and not Keith Lee. I thought it was either going to be a one on one, um, or Keith Lee would be there. Um, so yeah, I was a bit confused, but yeah, happy to. I really like John Morrison, so happy to see him there. Um, I didn't really get to watch a lot of this match because I was making dinner at the time and I had to kind of pay more attention to that. But from what I saw, it looked pretty decent and it got quite a decent chunk of time. Um, well, if you say that, but looking at the actual time, it was only eight minutes, 40 seconds. Um, and probably the worst thing I can say about this match actually is that it felt a lot longer. Um, but I don't, it wasn't a poor match. So it may be, you know, time went fast. Um, but, you know, it's. I think it was the right decision. I, I get that Riddle gets a lot of hate, but this would have been exactly how I booked this match. Yeah, and I think it's probably, especially now with the direction that they're going with Lashley, it's. I think although Lashley hasn't defended the title much, it's, it's been a good run in terms of Lashley's been almost unbeatable since he's yeah, had he's the title. Been, he's been dominant, but he hasn't defended the title many times. No, but I think um, his his dominance, um, title matches aside, his general dominance over the last, I guess, six months or whatever it is since he won it, um, has helped helped elevate it a bit in that, elevate the title a bit in that a performer of his caliber, I guess, um, his, um, yeah, I guess caliber is the right word, um, him holding that championship and um, MVP, at least, placing such importance on it, I think has done a good job for the title, but it's now time to move it on if Lashley's going to really move on to title main title picture. Yeah. Um, and they obviously weren't going to put it on John Morrison because that was, a, short, it was, it was like a late decision. So yeah, I think Riddle's the right way to go. Um, and I think the way they went about it with using the crutches as well... Um, is exactly right. I mean, Riddle's kind of already shown over the last few weeks that he, you know, he couldn't beat Bobby Lashley, which is great for Bobby Lashley. Yeah. It doesn't really Lashley. Yeah, and it doesn't really impact Matt Riddle or just Riddle in that way, in like in a negative way, because at the minute, barely anybody can pin Bobby Lashley um, or beat Bobby Lashley in any way. So that's the rules yeah, of the threat. You don't have to pin the champ. So exactly. So in my in my eyes, it was it was perfectly put. To what it does do is it frees up Bobby Lashley to you know move higher up the card. It gives Riddle his first mid card championship. It gave John Morrison something to do, <laughs> and it, it, uh, it helped everybody. Yeah, and it gives Keith Lee an easy route back in to say with with Riddle. I either with Riddle to say, well, I wasn't in that title match. So if you really want to prove that you're the champ, you should beat me. Or go for Lashley. Yeah, you've got you've got a ready-made future straight away. So yeah, or go for Lashley as as revenge for mm. for putting him on the shelf and missing out on a title match. So um, yeah, I think it overall is the right decision. Um, I think they are they do seem quite high on Riddle. I think he's recently signed a new contract. Um, I do quite like the way that they've booked him from a kind of wrestling standpoint. They like in in the matches, he looks pretty good and the way they've booked him for the most part. Um, 
I just can't stand the backstage stuff they make him do. Um, because when you think about it, right, in WWE's world, weed and marijuana doesn't exist. Mm. So in WWE context, Matt Riddle is just a fucking idiot. Right? That, that's all it is. Just the way, yeah. way he speaks and the things he says. It doesn't make sense if he's not a stoner brew. Like, yeah. it, it's just, it's, it's strange to me. So I wish they would either tone it down a bit or just or embrace it. Maybe make the weed references more obvious. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> like, I think they've done one or two, but they've so they did one subtle. a couple of weeks ago. I can't remember what it was now. It was that subtle, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I agree. Backstage segments with, with Riddle, I cringe every time because I just know it's just going to say something stupid. It's just going to come across as such an idiot. And it's not even like a lovable idiot. It's an annoying idiot. Yeah, is that, that's all it is. Is it's it's annoying. Um, mm. uh, which, yeah, they they go across if they go for the, the the lovable goof kind of angle. I think he could easily pull it off because he kind of he kind of is in a way. I'm sure some people would really be into that. Um, but yeah, if, I just wish they would change up the backstage persona a little bit. Um, but yeah, Matt Riddle new United States champion. I think we both agree is the right decision. Um, first match on the card then was actually the um, SmackDown number one contenders elimination chamber as such, um, which there was a couple of things that I thought um, WWE missed the boat on in terms of booking both during chamber and after chamber. But uh, first off, what did you think of the match itself? And do you think Daniel Bryan was the right winner? Um, the match itself I thought was good. I mean, Elimination Chamber matches typically aren't my favourite type of matches anyway. Um, Especially when in this current era of WWE when it's not blood and violence like it was before. I think you're hard-pressed to find a match of the year candidate in an elimination chamber. And I think you probably had more duds than hits when it comes to the elimination chamber. Definitely having more forgettable matches. Yeah. I've said that there are obviously some classic moments, but matches overall, I think they can drag. I um, think it's, um, it's, it's one of the many match types in WWE that has suffered from oversaturation. Yeah. It's, we get it every year, scheduled every year, sometimes twice a night. We've had, in an continental championship version, we've had some tag team versions. We've had women's, we've had women's tag versions. We've had number one contenders and titles. It's just so, so many, like, it's just too much. And it's again, like Helena Cell, it should be one of those feud culminating ones or, or like when you've got six real legitimate world championship contenders. And, yeah. Um, it, it, it hasn't quite felt that way in a while. I think going back to the actual match, I think it, it was it was good. It was good. I mean, it it wasn't anything special. Um, the the sort of rhythm of the match can really is really disjointed. Um, and I think there was a there was a whole segment of the match. I mean, it went thirty five minutes pretty much. There was a whole segment of the match where Corbin sort of just moved from person to person, just punching him in the face, and then moving on to another person, and then punching them in the face, and then moving on and punching someone else, and that sort of really started to drag. Having said that, it's I think Corbin, Corbin match though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But having said that, I think Corbin looked strong. 
um, despite you know his elimination. Um, I think he looked pretty strong. Um, whether Daniel Bryan was the right person to win, probably. Um, I feel like, and again, some of the moments you're going to get to about WWE missing the boat, I agree with. I feel like maybe they missed a boat here with Cesaro. Um, you know, if you have Cesaro win this match and get a title opportunity, his one and only title opportunity and have it be against Roman Reigns immediately after an Elimination Chamber match. So the Roman destroys him. Just more heat on Roman, you know, because yeah. Cesaro is a fan favorite. Everybody loves Cesaro, and he he's seen as someone who would need that opportunity. Daniel Bryan has had those opportunities. He's He's been there. He's done that. And, yeah, people love him still. Great. So do I. Um, but, like, the more heat would be on if Cesaro won the match, everyone loved the fact Cesaro is going to get a title opportunity and then Roman be Roman's music hits and it's immediately after and Roman just destroys him because Cesaro has been through hell. So I think in my eyes, Cesaro may have been the better choice because it, you know, it gives him something to work on going forward. You know, I won the chain match. I won another title shot though. Next time it's fair. Whereas, you know, with Daniel Bryan, it's sort of just another lost title match. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tough one, I think, because, um, Daniel Bryan didn't necessarily have a massive amount of momentum going into it. Right. He had to kind of build up around the rumble. Um, he, he, he tends to lose quite a lot these days, I find, um, which, which is fine because neither one can win every week. Um, whereas literally when, when Cesaro made his entrance, Michael Cole said there is no one hotter in WWE right now than Cesaro. Yeah. Um, and... I was surprised when Daniel Bryan won because um, it was it was Bryan and Cesaro the final two, wasn't it? Yeah, first yeah. two and last two. Um, so when it came down to the final two, I thought, oh, I think Cesaro is going to win because I don't think Daniel Bryan really needs it. Um, I get it's, I find this there's two sides to the if Cesaro won and then gets beaten by Roman, how would it go? The, the one part is fans going. Oh yeah, finally Cesaro is somewhere around the world title scene. Um, he's won a big match in the Elimination Chamber. Hopefully, it'll kick on from here. Other part is the fans will go, "Oh, they've made him win the Elimination Chamber, and he's just got buried by Roman. They, they've completely buried him, and he should go to AEW." And then, yeah. uh, let's say, what good good chance that they will do is just kind of forget that ever happened and just push him back down the card. Um, I wouldn't be surprised at either way. Um, so I, I think it was a safe choice having Brian win because he's obviously how I would describe very, very popular and lovable. And it would have been a bit more of a risk from a Cesaro kind of um, standpoint. Um, whether maybe whether they're doing like a slow burn with him, not sure. Um, or a no burn. <laughs> or yeah, or no burn as, as has been the case for the last eight years. Um, but yeah, I think a couple of the missed opportunities they had is a. I think. Um, we know obviously Roman seemingly has an infinite amount of pull and clauses in his contract and stuff. And I think that A, he should have pulled some strings to have put Kevin Owens number one or uh, made him start the ma match. Um, I didn't like him coming in halfway through, really. It didn't quite feel the Kevin Owens against everyone type of um, vibe. Um, and I was during the match, I was hoping that Jay. Uso would come in last, which he did, which I think is good. But 
I think that could have maybe also been a bit of a Roman pool kind of thing. I think yeah. Michael Cole kind of alluded to it and, oh, isn't this convenient? But it was never like that's a confirmed case. It could literally have just been the luck of the draw. Um, and then what, the other thing I think they missed the boat on was, um, well, one thing throughout the match that I, I hate in elimination chambers is someone getting eliminated before everyone's come in. Yeah. Personally, if it, if, I know it's elimination chamber, but if I had it my way, I'd do it similar to war games when no one can be eliminated until everyone's in. Um, but they're not going to change it at this point. It's been on for nearly 20 years. So, um, yeah, that's my viewpoint. But yeah, the other thing I think they missed the boat on was they should have announced prior in the weeks lead up to it that the winner gets the title match against Roman later in the night, but that it should be later in the night, like main event or semi-main or whatever. Then after the match and Roman's music hits, the commentators can be like, wait, what? I thought... I thought this was this was going to happen later on, and it's all oh, that bastard Roman Reigns has pulled the strings again. Like, how how much is he going to be able to do this? Because it just makes Roman seem like an even bigger dick yeah. um, than just him coming out for his old match. Um, so yeah, I think they missed a trick there in just making Roman seem a bit more of a dick and a bit more um, cowardly in a way. Because yeah, that's how, he, that's how he's been. Um, but yeah, overall, I thought it was um, decent match. Right winner to get heat on Roman, but um, yeah, could have been different. But it leaves them open to other avenues because Brian's got an excuse to go after the title. Um, Cesaro maybe could start to push on, um, and then we got, I guess, confirmation from Edge via a firework display that um, <laughs> he's going to win the t- uh, go for the title at Mania, which... What a well-organised well firework display. Could you imagine, right? Edge going, okay, so, like, in kayfabe terms, uh, okay, so after the match, I'm going to go out and I'm going to spear Roman. And then I'm going to point to that sign and I want fireworks going off. Like, why would he do that? <laughs> and... Like, no, I, I prefer the thought that WWE have been holding back on fireworks and just in like on the event that the announcement will happen. They've been, <laughs> they've been hoping it would happen like since the Monday Night Raw or after, after the Rumble, and it's been like, oh, when are we going to get to use this pyro? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I don't know. Like, um, someone accidentally points to the side, like Damian <laughs> Priest doing his entrance. He accidentally points to it, and they just set the fireworks on. It's like shit. Well, I guess, I guess Priest is going for the title. <laughs> Um, yeah, I just I thought that was a bit strange because that's the that's the only really way I could see it playing out in kayfabe terms is Edge organised that, and I just can't see Edge being like that. Um, I also don't like the way they've played Edge recently in terms of I've always seen the ultimate opportunist as picking up on scraps and um, taking opportunities via that way, not as a mind games type guy. Yeah. Like, I don't know, he might have done played my games in the past, but I don't see that as an old opportunist. That makes sense. I think it's harder harder when you're, you're booking edge as a face, isn't it, to, to yeah. work on that old, old opportunities, opportunist angle because that's, strictly speaking, that's a heel thing to do. Um, so I don't mind. I think I like the sort of mind game aspect of it because it, you know, it's, it's something that a veteran would, would call upon in any field. You know, you are, if you think about footballers and football managers specifically playing mind games, it's usually the veteran ones who are good at it. And that I think that's something, a little string to his bow, which I've, I've actually quite enjoyed. 
Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's the other other side to it. I just yeah, it's not something that we'd previously really associated with Ed with the mind game side, and they seem to be leaning heavily on that at the moment. Yeah. Um speaking of how can I do this? You don't always have to have a segue. <laughs> I I was gonna do something around um heavily and then move on to the women's tag champions work, or maybe not. <laughs> um but yes, we had a um this this is a bit ridiculous for me. I, I recorded SmackDown, I didn't get to watch it over the weekend, and then Elimination Chamber happens or four or five I'm watching SmackDown now, so I delete exactly it. The same. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but Somehow we've ended up with Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair getting the title shot for the for the women's tag team championships when um, Naomi and Lana won a number one contenders match after the Royal Rumble, and Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez won the Dusty Cup last week, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. The fuck? <laughs> yeah, this um, for me was just a throwaway um, match, and I don't know whether this had something to do with the Lacey Evans situation, because um, that match was announced for Elimination Chamber, wasn't it, with Asuka. Yeah. Um, but I feel like it would have been, they would have been a better place just putting Asuka in a match against the mystery opponent, bringing someone in, like we discussed online. I think Rhea Ripley was everyone's favourite for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, that would have been a much better um, use of people's time, but I get why they might avoid doing something like that on a show like Elimination Chamber. Um, but yeah, just for me, it was just, a, it was just a throwaway. It wasn't bad. It was fine. I mean, they, you know, respectively, to all four of them, even Nia Jax, are all good. Why did you include Reginald? <laughs> well, yeah, don't forget about Reggie. Um, Reggie just fucking things up. Um, and I feel like I have missed out on something. I'm not watching SmackDown, actually, because I don't understand what the situation is with Reginald and Carmella now. Like, why is she not around? Um, but anyway, this match for me was just a bit throwaway. It was absolutely fine. I don't like it when feuding superstars or those who clearly are about to feud um, over a title are in tag team matches. I would have liked it less had Sasha and Bianca won. Let's put it, put it that way. Um, Which I so, wouldn't put it past them to do. No, exactly. It's such an old sort of cliche, you know, feuding over a title must win the tag titles. Um, an, an old cliche, an old cliche with a modern problem in um, getting two people who aren't a women's tag team to win the women's tag team championship. Yeah, that's, exactly. They're the only they're the only people who can win those titles. Yeah, exclusively won by teams who aren't actual team. Apart from the iconic, and I guess split up all the teams. Really. Yeah, but you know, um, this was a bit nothingy for me. Um, it didn't do a lot for anyone. It didn't further the feud between Bianca and Sasha, other than the fact that they lost. Um, and you know, yeah, fair play to Nia and Shayna, they carry on. Yeah, and there, there wasn't the thing that I guess I maybe didn't like was there was no hint of any ill feelings between Sasha and Bianca. Right? No, there, doesn't, there doesn't have to be a lot. They just something, maybe yeah, a malfunction at the junction or some miscommunication. Um I'd seen bits of what happened on SmackDown and um how kind of Reginald's involved and I think he's got a bit of a thing for, for Sasha um, as has been played out over the last couple of weeks what I assumed was going to happen when he came out with the comically small bottle and, and the glasses was um, he was going to hit Sasha over the head of it as part and then or Carmelo or something would happen 
um, and he would cost them intentionally. Um, as kind of maybe Carmela's plan to get close to um, get him close to Sasha to get her way into a title match that she can maybe have at her fast lane. That's what I thought maybe would happen, but it turns out that just WWE book people like idiots. Why would he come down mid match with some champagne? Yeah, I know. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, the booking it annoyed me at the time. I remember thinking, you know, if you think Sasha's just about to win this match, and so you want to bring her a celebratory drink of champagne, wait for her to win the match and then do that. And then it's maybe like a Carmella type thing to do to have a sip of bubbly during her match or whatever, but it's not what Sasha does, is it? No. Um, uh, so, yeah, I thought it was interesting. I guess they may be keeping Bianca strong, but interesting to have Sasha take the pin. Um, yeah, uh, well, I think, yeah, they're trying to disappear. Yeah, she, I felt like that at the time. I was like, okay, well, what happened to Bianca then? Because she wasn't taken out really. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember. There wasn't anything big that happened, or she didn't get choked out or anything like that. She wasn't there. Unless that's what. After, after the match, she was immediately in the ring. So it's like, what, where was she? But yeah. um, I think, I mean, they could have, there was many more interesting endings they could have done, even with Reginald bringing down the champagne. They could have had some sort of miscommunication between Bianca and, Regi- and Reginald with the champagne, causing, I don't know, Bianca to hit Sasha with it accidentally or something like that. But um, it, just, it just didn't do anything for me, this match, in it, terms of the feud. It would have been, it's still a stupid ending, but it would have been better if he, he poured them, he poured, Bianca a glass and um, gave her the glass. She's like, what the fuck am I going to do with this? And chuck it. And then it goes in, in Sasha's face and she's like, oh, I can't see and walks into a slam or whatever. That would have been better than just having Reginald go, you would drink? <laughs> Get a rush. Just like, what are you doing here? You can't be here with that. Get out of here. You're, you can't use that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I already told her. Um, yeah, it's... Um, there's this referee, by the way, make, makes me laugh. I, I can't remember which chamber match it was. Um, might have been the first one. Um, but I've always thought this about him. He's a, re- he's a very short referee, but he's got he's, he's just sort of like a, high, a kind of high pitched, whiny voice. He's always like, "Hey, you can't be here. Hey, don't do that." And it's just like, who's going to listen to him with these like six foot four, two hundred fifty pound men? <laughs> he's like, "Hey, don't." <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's the man in the stripe. Got to respect the black and white. Have you heard in, in football, by the way, this clap for referees thing? No. <laughs> There's been a, um, an apparent uh, initiative and suggestion that players should um, show more respect to the referees, and part of that is to clap them onto the field. No, it's being called clap for refs. If they weren't so awful, they would be more supported. Yes, and also, why must we fucking clap for everything yeah. these days? I'm yeah. fucking sick of it. Just, yeah. Um, no more anyway. clapping. No more clapping. Um, no to the clap. Was, no to the... <laughs> I don't know what kind of campaign we're running now. Uh, <laughs> hey, it's multifaceted. Um, oh, yeah. We're, we're available for adverts. Uh, should any advertisers out there want to book us? Um Someone who was clapping at the end of the night was The Miz. <laughs> I feel like that whole thing was just a, an intentional link. It wasn't. It, was just, it all just comes to my brain as and when. Um, so, yeah, we'll get to The Miz shortly. But uh, before that, we had the um, 
the WWE Championship Elimination Chamber, uh, featuring only former WWE champions. Um, shout out to Kofi Kingston for looking over his shoulder on the way down to the ring. Don't know if you noticed, but I thought it was kind of cool. Um, yeah, I, I noticed that, and I thought, why is he doing that? Um, but yeah, what was your reasoning behind? So he didn't get attacked? Yeah, because that, that's what happened to him by Edge um, back in 2009, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. Because okay. um, Edge, Edge lost the WWE title, I think it was, in the first match of the night. And then attacked Kofi in the, in the, in the main event, and then went yeah. on to win the title, took his spot and won the title. So, um, yeah, good little uh, callback there by Kofi, I thought. Um, rest of the match then. So we started out with Randy and Jeff Hardy, right? Yes, I believe. And, as much as I, as you know, I've always been a massive fan of Jeff Hardy. It was like basically my favorite growing up. Um, I don't want to see him in world championship matches in 2021. Uh, and again, he's someone who's come into it with virtually no momentum anyway. He loses the other week. He lost to Jackson Riker in under a minute. Yeah. I, I, I want to, I'm not going to believe that he's ever going to win the title. I want people in the match, at, at least four, three or four of the, the, the competitors to think that they have a chance of winning the match. Um, Obviously, it depends on the story and stuff going in. But yeah, I just never assume he's going to win a match that he's in, let alone a world title match. No, exactly. I can't. Well, did he Did he even win his match on Raw? No, he was against Sheamus, didn't he? He lost. So I can't remember the last time Jeff Hardy won a match. Probably the no. one against Elias in that Symphony of Destruction match where he swan on bombed and hit his head on the steps. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's the, 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 beginning of it, the beginning of his decline. Yeah. The, uh, Starting to lose lose his cognitive abilities because <laughs> he's cracked his head on the ref. I think that happened a long time ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Drew McIntyre was in, was he in number three? He was in number three or four when he came around the midway. Anyway. Yeah, he was in number three. So um, he came in, kicked some ass. Um, I thought it was quite good overall. I thought AJ looked good. I thought AJ, it, it was quite a different. And quite a smart thing to do where um after after um when Randy got eliminated really early, which I feel like has happened to him at least once or twice before in his chamber matches. Um yeah. but yeah, after he decided to take out Kofi and did he take out Jeff Hardy as well? He took yeah, he took out everybody, I think. Yeah. Um yeah, so he took them all out and then Omos just ripped the plexiglass off. I thought that was quite clever. Um, as, yeah. a to, as a way to get him in, um, and but having it like it was his idea, um, I thought it was pretty good. Um, again, you've got these little like five foot six referees telling this eight foot ten man, "Hey, get out of here! You, you gotta leave." <laughs> you can literally just be like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, not leaving. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I thought AJ looked pretty strong overall, and um, well, I loved his gear. Yeah, cool gear and cool way to have Sheamus get his—I um, don't want to say get his licks, but like kind of get to the point where it looked like he was going to eliminate Drew, and then get eliminated before he had the chance. I think 
thinking with a logical non-wrestling brain, if I was AJ, I would just wait for Seamus to pin Drew, and then I would just well, hit Seamus yeah. in the forearm. Um, nothing eliminates, uh, eliminates, nothing annoys me more than people breaking up pinfalls and stuff in an elimination chamber and stuff like that. Or in a Royal Rumble, someone's about to tip someone over, so you just punch them in the back. What the fuck are you doing, mate? You don't know the rules. Um, but yeah, wrestling logic. Um, that should have been in the uh, the randomizer. Yeah, maybe we can put it in room one hundred one. Yeah, yeah, all that. Whenever we do that. Um, so yeah, I thought it was it was good overall, and we got a nice like nice couple of minutes between Seamus and Drew, then having the stare off, and then Seamus being the last one, and Drew being right there waiting for him, rather than Seamus having to kind of get through everyone else first. I thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah, I mean, I preferred this match to the SmackDown one. Um, and this one didn't feel like it dragged as much. It was just felt like, more important because it was for the yeah, title. Yeah, it, it felt more important because it was. There was more star power in it, um, more viable winners. Although, you know, Drew is really the, the only real true option in my eyes for winning the match. Although, you know, there's an argument that, you know, AJ or Sheamus could have won. Um, maybe even Randy, you know. Um, that didn't last very long. But, um, yeah, I mean, it felt important because it was, and it was fine. It's just, it's just elimination chamber matches just don't do a lot for me. And so, you know, for me, probably match of the night, but that's not saying a lot. It wasn't terrible wrestling by any means on the whole card. It was just, it was all middle of the road to fairly good stuff. Yeah, solid. Yeah. Um, uh, what was the point I was just about to make? Um, one so, so one of the things that they used as like a selling point for this chamber, and I'm fine with it on the most part, is them them saying um, it's full of only ex WWE champions. Yeah. I'm fine with that in terms of making it full of star power or feel feel that way anyway. One thing I wish they would do is also do another one. Maybe they should have one on the same night. For example, where they say, "All right, now we're going to fill this with people who've never won the world championship," because mm. that's how you're going to get. Like, they need to keep building people up. Can't just keep using the same old people, which is, I think, part of the issue over the last couple of years. Is seem to only have the same kind of core group of people who go for the title, and only occasionally does someone push through, like Drew McIntyre has done in the last year. Um, but he, since then, he's feuded with. AJ Styles and Seth Rollins and Randy Orton. Um, and yeah, he's maybe Bobby Lashley, but Bobby Lashley's an old hand at this point. He's never been the champion, but you know, he's been around for a while. And so, you know, and Keith Lee is probably the only exception who's had a real title match and program, or not even a program, but a match with Drew where he's not already an established champion. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think for future, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind so much this only ex-champions or main eventer type thing if you also have Ricochet and Ali and Cesaro and Sami Zayn and whoever stuff like that I think Samoa Joe <laughs> Samoa just let him bloody wrestle man yeah I mean keep him on commentary because he's really good but also let him wrestle so if you could have him wrestle with a headset that'd be great just do both just, just do both Joe like have you seen that clip of Booker T in TNA yeah. <laughs> he's got the microphone he's just beating everyone up in the ring yeah. <laughs> just let some Joe do that 
Yeah, do both of them perfectly. Um, so yeah, eventually uh, Drew McIntyre wins the match. Um, a mid-air Claymore kick, which I think is the first one we've seen. I don't recall that ever happening before. He does some really cool Claymore kicks, and people can take it in really cool ways, but I've not seen a mid-air one before, which I, I guess it doesn't have the same impact because he did it kind of standing and not running, for example, but it still looks yeah. cool. It looked cool. It was really well executed. Um, I think AJ took it well, and it was time for I didn't, to lose. I didn't expect it either. Like it, I mean, I kind of did. I, I didn't expect it just because I've not seen it. If it was Rand, if Randy was in it, whenever someone does a springboard, I assume they get an RKO'd. I yeah. don't know why people continue just aimlessly throwing their head into Randy or it doesn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, um, and quick side point on on top rope or springboard RKO's. Does it make? Does it give any additional impact? People always say that Evan Bourne one is the best one ever, right? But if Randy had just moved that out of the way, would it have provided any less impact? Because what is Randy actually doing there? Cushioning their fall with his arm? It, it's, I don't know. I've never been a fan of the... I'm, I'm a fan of the creative ones, like when he pops someone up into it or the Seth Rollins one or Dolph Ziggler or whatever. But yeah, from the springboard, I, I, after the first couple, I don't care anymore. It's been 15 <laughs> years since the first one. So. I mean, they can look good, but when you think about it, really, they don't doesn't actually mean anything yeah especially when michael calls like did he do it did he do it did he hit it like fuck off me we can all see he fucking saw it (laughs) maybe he's saying that because michael but michael because kevin dunn cut the camera 16 times between them leaving the rope and hitting the floor um but yeah anyway um drew mcintyre wins and while he's celebrating gets the shit kicked out of him by bobby lashley which like like you I didn't expect to see Lashley do it. Yeah. And it was smart, I guess, to have a... Because if they had Miz and Morrison come down and double-team him, then it, I guess when when the, when the actual match came, it would have had, I guess, a, an air of inevit- inevitability around it. Right. Having it be Lashley, part of you assumes, okay, this is the next feud for Drew McIntyre. This will be the, maybe setting up fast lane or whatever and then you remember or when his hit tighter when his music hits you think oh shit here we go um i always love a good cash in um it just doesn't quite feel the same without a crowd does it yeah yeah it kind of i mean i don't want to say it felt flat because that's really harsh on on Miz, who i think has actually done some really well it's worked really hard to keep that briefcase relevant when at times it's felt like it most completely is not relevant um it's um, like they haven't had plans for it, so he's had to make his own. Yeah, which, you know, that's that's the way you, you get what you want in this business, I think. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it didn't fall flat, but just, yeah, there's no fans there. I think even with fans there, it was, it was kind of predictable. However, having said that, there was always that element of doubt about whether Miz would actually pull it off. You know, he could cash in, but would he actually win? Because I don't think many people would feel aggrieved if Miz went try to cash in and lost. I think people would think, okay, yeah, he cashed in and he lost to Drew McIntyre, who's been basically unbeatable for the last year. Um, Weird enough, so, how there they wouldn't, I don't think there would really be any calls for Miz to go to AEW if he lost the world title match, but for a lot of other people, there would be. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, I mean, so how do you feel about Miz being champion again? I mean, I, I didn't really watch his first WWE title reign 10 years ago. 
Um, so I can't really speak on what that was like, but I, I'm very much of the sort of in the camp of people who rate Miz as a excellent worker. In you know, you know, his in ring work is fine. He's not the best. His mic work is great. His character, he's, he's got his character down to AT. Um, and it's just those sorts of people who, and, and again, he spoke about this on Raw, his long, his longevity, you know, he's, he hasn't missed much. You, you do kind of forget 16 yeah. years since he started out. And when you compare the Miz of 16 years ago to the Miz, or even the Miz of 10 years ago, really, to the yeah. Miz of now, um, I'm, I'm with you in that I, I like the Miz. Um, very strong character, got it, got it nailed. Um, and I'm happy for him to have won the title. Like, based on his, I guess, kind of 2016 runs with the IC title and his his verbal feud anyway with Daniel Bryan. I, I, at the time, I was thought that the world title run or at least challenge was around the corner, and then it's just never materialised. Yeah. Um, he's been in, say, Money in the Bank matches or something like that, but it's always like multi-man type things. He's never had the program. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of surprised it's taken this long because um, his work is so consistent. And like you said, he's never injured. He's always there. Um, and like he's got a good look in terms of like he looks good, he dresses good, and his in-ring style is safe but fine. Um, you can put him in there with anyone and it tends to work pretty well. Um, I don't have really any faith in them. Um, it's it's strange timing, month before or six weeks before Mania. Um, I don't see him having a title match at Mania, so I feel like this might be a bit of a not a wasted cash in, but it's just not going to be that much of a title run. Um, I don't know if you've seen Raw this week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm only halfway through um, and I'm at, I'm at Randy Orton's promo at the moment oh um, have you seen Randy Orton's promo I'm literally just started um, okay well I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on that at some point okay um, but yeah so so far this first half of Raw he, he'd been like backing down from Lashley and he doesn't want which to be fair so would I I also wouldn't want a triple threat match against Braun and Lashley which I'm guessing isn't happening based on the picture that I saw this morning um, so yeah I don't want them to book him like, a, like he is he had mainly a chicken shit heel but I also wanted to have an element of legitness to him which is stuff they've done with it when it comes to the IC title because he's held it so many times that he holds it for yeah. a long time or whatever. So, uh, yeah, I just feel like it's not going to be a great title reign, which would be a bit of a shame. So I think if this was post-Mania and throughout summer, he could have a six-month title reign. Um, it's just WrestleMania, and I don't think Miz is going to be in a prominent match at Mania. I mean... I don't know who it would be against. Exactly. What's the feud other than Drew McIntyre? But then the feud seems Lashley and McIntyre, doesn't it? So, I mean, unless oh, yeah. it's a triple threat or, or something like that, um, I, yeah, I'd really struggle to see where this fits in if he's not champion by WrestleMania, which I don't think he will be. Um, yeah, it's hard. I, I, well deserved, I think. I mean, Drew for me has been one of the better champions over the last few years. Despite you know the 
this situation we found ourselves in with no fans and stuff, I think he's done the best he could. Um, switch up a little bit of an Albert. I fully expect that we'll see Drew as champion again in you know a fairly short period of time. And if not, definitely at least in a feud for the title. Yeah. Um, who knows, might might be Lashley going into Mania as champ or at least contender for champ. Um, I mean, I, I don't do necessarily be to... against it because I feel like it's been a long time coming. Um, yeah. It was like they've always wanted to go further with him but never quite pulled the trigger. Um, I, I always feel like he... that was a charisma thing, but MVP um, is the perfect, perfect mouthpiece for him. He's the Paul Heyman to his Brock Lesnar. Yeah, um, I think just when you look physically, he looks fucking terrifying. There's, the shape he's in is ridiculous. He's and also he now has a massive fucking scar on his cheek. <laughs> yeah, well he went. I was thinking this. He went through a period. I think around the summertime where he just bled in every match. Yeah. <laughs> I think like every time he went and hit the ring post, he just hit it legit. And just he always had a cut on his head or on his cheek or whatever. Um, but yeah, he's. He's tall. He's fucking huge and muscly. He looks like he could beat the shit out of anyone. And I don't know if you remember a couple of years ago um, when we went to Mania. I guess we couldn't really see it at the time, but watching back on TV, he had like white contact lenses in. I think you should have them all the time because he looks fucking terrifying. Mm. Um, we actually met him as well, didn't we, at WrestleMania? We did meet him, yeah. And he's fucking huge, but he's he's also, guy. <laughs> he was also quite nice from what I recall. So, lovely, um, lovely guy. yeah, lovely guy. He just speaks softly. He's a very, very nice speaker. Which um, I think is what has played against him. Yeah. Um, I guess like, I'm not necessarily saying that I'm a soft speaker, but I don't have an intimidating voice. So I don't think if I, regardless of if I was 300 pounds, if I went out there and Spoke like me. I don't think that um, I'd get too far. So, um, yeah, it's a strange one with Lashley because it's always felt like he should be there, but never quite got there. So we'll see how that one goes. But uh, I think that wraps up our, our discussion around Elimination Chamber. Um, I'm intrigued to see where we go from here in terms of we know that Roman and Edge are going to feud. Um, I think. Well, that was what I predicted anyway, was, was who he was going to pick. Um, but I'm, in, I'm intrigued to see how it turns out. I'm intrigued to see what happens with the WWE Championship. Um, is the World Championship yeah. ever going to be defended again? I was just going to say, I'm very intrigued to see what happens there. I think, I can't remember what stage of Raw that happens at, but I think there may have been some seeds sown for that on Raw. I haven't seen anything with the with the women yet. So yeah, um, well, I think there was some seed zone for that. And if, it's, the, if, it, if it is what that is, then I'm happy with it. Interesting. Um, did you know the last time at the women's the Raw Women's Championship was defended on pay per view? Oh, um, SummerSlam. No, it was a bit after that. Clash of Champions in I think it's September. Against mm. Zelina Vega. It's a oh, yeah, yeah. On, on pay per view. And then it was defended uh, a couple of weeks later, I think, against Zelina Vega again, if not the next Raw. I think it was um, the Raw, yeah. And. Been defended in, against Anna on Raw and a couple of times and that kind of stuff, hasn't it? Yeah. So, um, 
which I think was November kind of time, but I genuinely don't think it was defended throughout the entirety of December and January and also now February. Mm. What's happened to this 30-day rule? No idea. I don't, don't know if it exists anymore. <laughs> I don't fucking know, but I think they've forgotten that she has the the, the Royal Women's Championship. They just... They saw Charlotte and went, ooh, Charlotte, and then asked her in the background, like, hello. Hello. <laughs> <still here?"> <laughs> um, I saw a stat earlier as well. I'm, I'm assuming it's based off what happens later in the night, that Charlotte's now lost eight matches in a row, um, which doesn't tend to happen to someone like Charlotte. Um, but also, most of those have seen Asuka get pinned. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's, it's a strange time in the women's division. I think we can say that. 75% of the year. Um, but what we will say at this point in the podcast is goodbye because we got to go. Been rambling on for a little while. Um, I'm sure we'll see you either later in this week or at some point next week. I don't know. We don't plan these things out really. But um, what, I, what I can't promise it because you never know. But um, Matt should be back for the next one. So we'll be back to full strength. Um, so yes, thank you for joining us for our Elimination Chamber recap and we will see you next time.